Morning everyone, I just thought I'd introduce myself. I'm Chris and I've been at Holy Trinity Coombe Down for the last couple of years and I've also been working down at Moncton Coombe School as a graduate teaching assistant. It's great to be here this morning. I'm going to pray quick and then we'll get stuck in uh, to this passage. Lord, thank you so much that you're a good God. And Lord, I just pray um, this morning that you will use my words for your glory and that you will um, work in the hearts and minds of everyone who hears. Amen. Amen. So I absolutely love the Olympics and I'm absolutely gutted that we're not going to have it this year. But it just means next year's sport is going to be even better. And one of my favourite, one of my absolute favourite events of the Olympics is the 4 by 100 metre relay. And each team, fastest athletes in the world, um, line, line up and they run with the baton and they pass it on. And then it's the first team who crosses the line wins. And Every now and again, you get a devastating baton drop and the team's out and no recovery. So I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the greatest events at the Olympics. And the relay it is, when you actually think about the relay, you grab the baton, you run, you then hand it on. And as you're handing it on, you're approaching the person, you pass it to them and you're running with them and then they run with the baton and they carry on. So you receive the baton, you run with it, and then you pass it. That is the process of the relay. And my title today is Passing the Baton. And my question I want to ask you is, what will your legacy be? What will your legacy be? As you heard last week and um, prior to this, this story, we heard that Elijah was threatened by Jezebel and ran for his life into the wilderness and he felt totally isolated at absolute rock bottom and then he had an amazing encounter with the Lord and the Lord gave him instructions, said you've got to go and appoint two kings and also your successor. So he's given the task of appointing two kings and also his own successor and he, what the first thing he does is he goes and he appoints his successor, that was the third instruction. He goes in and appoints Elisha. He finds him plowing in the fields and he puts his cloak around him and he appoints Elisha. So there's Elijah and Elisha. Don't get them mixed up. Elijah, the old prophet, and Elisha, the new prophet. And what's interesting is that Elijah actually doesn't carry out the first two instructions. He actually doesn't anoint the two kings. He leaves that for Elisha to do. And you see it in 2 Kings 8. Elijah has been taken up to heaven by this point and Elisha continues God's instructions and actually goes and anoints Hazel as king of Syria and says the words, the Lord has shown me you will be the king of Aram, which is Syria. So Elijah's commission has become Elisha's commission. Also in 2 Kings 9, um, you see Elisha, instead of going himself, actually calls one of the sons of the prophets to go and anoint Jehu king over Israel. So you see this, this continuous process of these men of God walking with and equipping others um, and sharing in God's work. And, and that's what it is, it is God's work and we've all got a little part to play in that. So in the next part of the story, it's, it's amazing, we get a little amazing glimpse of how God works in legacy and in succession. 
So Elijah and Elisha, they're walking along and they hit the Jordan River. So Elijah, what he does, he picks up his cloak and he slaps it on the river, as you do. And obviously the river, the Jordan River parts in two and they, they wander across. And then Elijah turns to Elisha and says, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? And Elisha responds and says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. And then suddenly a chariot of fire comes and Elijah is swept up in a whirlwind into heaven. The next thing Elisha does is he picks up Elijah's cloak and he slaps the water with it and the Jordan River is divided parts and he walks straight through. So this series of events is really interesting. We first see Elijah part the Jordan and this is really similar to Moses who parts the Red Sea and this actually shows Elijah's authority and his status and actually authenticates him as a great prophet, um, as great as Moses. And then Elisha asks to inherit the double portion and it says a double portion in Deuteronomy 21 verse 17 it is what the father would give to the firstborn son, an heir. It's his inheritance. They'd give them a double portion. So Elisha asks Elijah for the inheritance of his spirit. And then after that, after the chariot's gone up, Elisha picks up the cloak and parts the river, parts the Jordan. So you really see that Elijah is shown to be as great as Moses. And then Elijah's last miracle was parting the Jordan. But Elisha's first miracle was parting the Jordan. You see, this is how God works. Elijah's ceiling had become Elisha's floor. Elijah's ceiling had become Elisha's floor. God always moves from glory to glory. That's how his kingdom works. It's supposed to go on, ongoing. That's how revival works, ongoing from generation to generation. It was never supposed to stop. He always moves from glory to glory. Um, I listened to a great talk recently by Bill Johnson, and he uses this incredible analogy of the monarch butterfly, it, native to North America. And what happens is in early September, October time, basically um, the weather starts to cool. Over 500,000 butterflies in Canada start the long 3,000 kilometer migration south to Mexico. And what happens is they up, they start, they leave, and they start their journey and they get as far as they can. And then they stop and they breed and, and they lay eggs and then they die. And the next generation, they continue the journey and then they get as far as they can go and they, they do the same. And it takes four generations until they finally reach Mexico. And then they stay there and they do the same thing over and over again over and over again every single year. It's just amazing. It's a multi-generational migration. You see, not, not one butterfly can make it the whole way from Canada to Mexico. It takes them to up, move a bit, stop, pass it on, and then the next generation does it. It's amazing. And it's each generation's responsibility to go as far as they can with the baton, to go as far as they can for the Lord and then pass it on to the next generation so that they can go as far as they can for God. 
And it's totally not an insult to want to have more of the Lord, to want to see him move more than our parents' generation. It's totally not an insult, just like we want to see the next generation do more, do more for him. And, you know, we can only, we can only start from the foundation which the generation previous to us has built for us. And you see this in the story. Elijah has ran the baton as far as he can and passes it to Elisha and he picks up and starts running. So why, why are we here? Why are we here on this earth? I've been thinking about this recently. I really, really believe that we're primarily here because of relationship. God wanted us to be in relationship with him. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can constantly be in relationship with him. But that's not only why we're here. He also wants to partner with us. You see, he, he wants to co-labor with us. He dishes out authority all over the place. That's who he is. It's in his nature. He wants to share authority with us. And you see it in, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, when he says, go and make disciples and surely I am with you always. Both there we see partnership and relationship. You see, we're here to be in both relationship with Jesus, but also to lead others in relationship with Jesus. And my question to you at the start was, what will your legacy be? And I'm actually going to change that question now to, who will your legacy be? Who will your legacy be? Um, And we, we saw it in the story. Elijah was totally at the end of himself in the desert. And he was directed by the Lord to pick up his baton and to go and pass it to Elisha, who can then take it further. And we see it also in in, in Jesus, at the end of Jesus' life, when he ascended. And Acts says that it was only around 120 believers at the time. Yet Jesus had deeply invested in a lot of these and they became world changers. That That was Jesus' model, investing in the few to reach the many. And I'm sure if someone had asked Paul what his greatest achievement would have been, I'm sure he would have said, probably Timothy. You see, legacy is left in people, not in things. So uh, this is actually supposed to be my last Sunday at Holy Trinity, um, but I can carry on because of um, the online. Um, I'm actually off to Theological College in September, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, And it's been totally been my privilege to be here at Moncton and to ha- actually have the opportunity to invest in a lot of the young um, guys and it's been a real honour. I've loved it um, and I don't know that the amount of fruit which, um, which has actually been sown but I'm already looking forward to Oxford where I can, I can invest in some other guys um, at church and get alongside them and also come under other people um, and learn from them and we need to have this mindset, we do need to have this mindset of passing the baton and I know many of you are already doing this already and um, but actually I know that probably some of you and um, feel like you haven't been invested in you may not have felt like anyone ever passed you the baton and you've had to do it on your own but we actually if we look earlier in the biblical story we see that actually Elijah didn't have an Elijah himself he didn't have someone who actually invested in him early on he 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 kind of appears out of nowhere we don't know um, what happened but the lord and um, he still gives him a baton and he still gives every single one of you a baton so 
regardless of where we are, regardless of whether we've been poured into or whether we feel like we haven't much. There, there, I want us to think now, who is there who we can get alongside with? Who is there who we can journey with? And who we can pray for? And who, who is there who we can start passing the baton to? Also think about who is there who I can let disciple me? Who is there who I, you know, mothers and fathers, spiritual mothers and fathers, I think are so important in the church. And we can let them pass their baton onto us. I remember a guy at a university, um, one of my friends called Sam, who um, was a couple of years older than me at, at church. And he just said to me one day, we weren't particularly great friends at the time. He said, oh, do you want to go out for a pint, Chris? And I just said, yeah, all right. And we just started this relationship and he ended up buying me a book and we would go through a chapter. It was called Rooted, a chapter a week and we'd meet. And um, he was slowly discipling me. And it was, it was really, really great. And now we're, we're, we're kind of discipling each other. It's great. So I'm just quickly going to pray for that. Lord, thank you so much that you're a good God. Lord, and I thank you that you built us both for relationship and also partnership. And yeah, Lord, I just, I pray right now that you'll bring to mind um, people who we can get alongside and who we can let come alongside us. Lord, thank you that you are using each one of us for your purposes and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And I also realise that it's probably potentially with um, enough people watching this, that there might be someone there who hasn't actually accepted Jesus into their life and hasn't, hasn't got a relationship with him and doesn't know um, forgiveness. And I just want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus into your life and to invite the Holy Spirit in. So if that's you, um, just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you that you are the son of God and that you died for my sins on the cross. I'm sorry for going my own way up until now and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you that you're calling me to follow you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and start to work in me to make me more like you. Amen. And if you prayed that for the first time, please get in contact with someone either on the chat um, or just um, contact the office. Um, we'd love to have you involved. So remember, who will your legacy be?